to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Bibles tonight. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the revelation you're giving us on the inside. We thank you. We want to receive every single thing that Jesus paid for on the cross. We thank you that we're healed, we're delivered, and we're saved because of what he did for our lives. We thank you tonight, and we thank you for healing our bodies and give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2. Felt like I needed to start here tonight. Look at verse 1. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Now look at verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may do what? Grow thereby. Hallelujah. Say grow thereby. Now notice one thing you're going to find out in Scripture that's very important is a lot of times spiritual growth is related to natural growth. And it's in there basically to help us understand it. Here it talks about newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may do what? Grow thereby. Say grow thereby. All right. Now even in the natural realm, you know, we've seen little kids, we've seen babies, we've seen whatever, and they slowly grow up. And when we teach like we do on healing and like we're teaching now, we're teaching the results of what Jesus did on the cross. So when you hear that you're healed, when you hear God provided for your healing, when you hear that by his stripes you're healed, and then all once sickness hits your body and all once you don't feel very good, the devil comes in and tries to put guilt and condemnation on you because then you have sickness in your body and that stupid pastor is preaching that I'm healed and I'm not healed because I've got something on me. But it's the same way. It's a growing process even in the natural. You know, the little grandbabies, they started out and they were just laying there and then a little bit they started crawling and a little bit they started walking. How many know when they started walking, they fell down, they got up, they fell down, they got up because they were still babies and they were still growing. So don't let the enemy come in basically and tell you that something's wrong with you, something's going on. This is a growing process and we grow from faith to faith and from one level of glory to another level of glory. So as we grow up in the things of God, you should be getting sick less than you did before. You should be healed more than you used to be sick all the time. It's a growing thing. It's not something that happens overnight, just like growing in the natural. I mean, how many of you give your little three-year-old $20 bill? Say, go spend what you want. You know, here comes $20 worth of gummy bears. There's no question about it. Well, it's the same way financially when you hear about we're supposed to be prosperous. We're supposed to be walking in victory. And then you come here and it's not working out for you. And then you start to get condemned by the devil. Well, if you be doing this right, you be, no, no, you're growing up and you should have more victory now than you did when you first got born again. Are you following me? It doesn't mean you're going to be in victory every single day yet because it's a growing process. But you should slowly be having more victory, more health, more finances in your life as you go. So don't let the devil come in and say, oh, you ain't getting it. You, you don't belong. You just can't do something right. Don't go for that junk. It's not true. You're slowly growing in the things of God. Many of you have never heard about healing before. Many people who listen online haven't heard about healing before. It's a growing process. So as we slowly grow up in the things of God, then we will see more of God's kingdom manifested through us. So don't get guilty. Don't get condemned. Just relax and stay in the word of God. Okay, go to 3 John chapter 2. We lose a lot of people because we preach the kingdom. 
And when you preach the kingdom that you already are healed and then people get sick and die, people get mad at you because if they were healed, why do they die? And they go through all these questions and stuff. Then they get mad and go to a church that tells you you can die sick and God put it on you and everything else and they feel better about it. But it's a growing process. Don't get discouraged for God's sakes. All right, 3 John chapter, chapter 1, look at verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Now we looked at the scripture before that basically says God's will is that we prosper and be in health even as our what? Soul prospers. So you can live a lifestyle of health, that's God's will. You can live in prosperity, that's God's will. My desire is to live in health and prosper. I found out God's desire is to live in health and prosper. How many knows God is sovereign? He's all-powerful. But notice it's not up to him whether you live in these things or not. It's up to your soul, the condition of your soul prospering. Notice it doesn't even say, and even as God desires. It doesn't say even as your body prospers. It says as your soul prospers. So that's a completely different way of thinking there. And here it says pros prosperity and healing go together because, I mean, you know, when you get in sickness or, or get into it, basically it steals prosperity. I mean, you no know, medicine costs money. Doctors cost money. You got to take off work. So basically these two things go together, prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosperous. So here it says your soul. So sickness is in your physical body when it attacks, but notice it's a result of a soul condition. Say sickness is a result of a soul condition. Now what's your soul? Mind, will, and emotion, and imagination. So worry and stress can cause sickness. Fear will make you sick. Well, if that's true, then peace will keep you healed. Faith will make you well. Worry, stress, fear, peace, joy, they all are part of your soul. Now listen to what they said. Their greatest joy is that you walk in the truth, that the truth is already in you, and we all know that the Word of God is truth. So they were excited because these people were starting to walk in the truth. Say the truth. The truth. All right, so there's two kinds of doctrine in the church, isn't there? There's a doctrine basically that's not the truth, which is a doctrine of devils, the Bible calls it. And there's also the doctrine of truth. There are two separate ones. So one will set you free if you know the truth. The truth will make you free. So if that sets you free, then anything you don't believe that's truth basically will put you in where? In bondage, won't it? So whatever type of bondage you're struggling with, whatever kind of bondage you have a problem with, the only problem that you really have is not the devil. It's you do not know the truth. Because if you knew the you would be... Are you following me? See, we, we want to look every place else, but everywhere else, but it's, it's basically what we believe. I mean, you know, it matters what you believe. Yes. See, some people believe, well, I don't believe in tongues. Well, don't worry about it. You'll never speak in tongues. You don't have to worry about that. You'll never have that. I don't believe in laying hands on the sick. Don't worry about it. You won't do that. You only receive from God what you believe. So we need to believe the truth if we're going to receive from the word of truth. And, and a lot of times it's taught two different ways because on the cross we know that Jesus provided everything that we will ever need. People say that God's will, you ask them, is God's will that everybody be saved? And everybody will say, yes, of course it's God's will. And then you, you say that the people go to hell. Do you know that? And why do they go to hell? Because God didn't save them? No, they go to hell because they did not know the truth. 
And since they know, didn't know the truth, they did not receive their salvation. But if somebody dies and never receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the church never says, well, I don't understand why God didn't save them. He had plenty of opportunity. They lived to be 40, and he never did a thing to save them. I just can't believe God saves one then, and he doesn't save others. That's the way God is. And these aren't doctrines in the church with salvation because we're all smarter than that, aren't we? We've all been taught that you're born again, you're saved, and it's up to you whether you receive Jesus or not. But then we separated healing from that, and we want to blame God when somebody don't get healed. Well, God heals one, he doesn't heal another. Well, God wants to heal this one, but he doesn't want to heal that one. Well, sometimes God puts sickness on you. No, it's the same thing. They were provided on the same day. They belong to each and every one of us. Salvation and healing go together. So basically, praise God, it's what you believe. Say, it's what I believe. And, you know, there's one place in the Bible in Deuteronomy where, where God says you can choose the blessing or the curse. And then he tells you to choose blessing. But notice, you choose blessing by choosing truth. So people say, well, I choose blessing. Do you believe God blesses you? No, he probably won't. But, I mean, well, you're not choosing blessing. You're just quoting the scripture. Do you see what I mean? You've got to look at what the scripture says. You choose blessing or curse. You choose sickness or these. You choose these things. And it's by what you believe is what you get. It's easy to say you're doing something when you're not doing something spiritually. So some people claim that they know something and they don't know something and they live sick and then they want to basically blame it on God. So people, how many know people die and go to hell? But how many know it's provided for? And people get sick and live sick their whole life. But how many know it's provided for? So how do we receive? We receive by getting truth into our souls. And when we get it into our souls, then it affects our physical body. How many know your spirit is full of the truth of God and full of the power of God? Well, once again, your spirit can be blocked by your soul condition. Unbelief will stop you up and basically make you a constipated Christian. Do you understand? The things that are in you won't, you'll never have the gifts of spirit flow forth if you don't even believe God lives on the inside of you. Because if you're going to prophesy, you're going to prophesy from the spirit of God who lives on the inside of you. So what we believe makes a difference. That's why we want to believe the truth. That's why we want to study the truth. And we have a choice each and every day what we're going to believe, don't we? You can get up in the morning and say, this is going to be the greatest day of my life. You can get up and say, another day, my God, Monday again, dear Lord, this is going to be terrible. And how many know a lot of times it turns out terrible, terrible because you started that way. So there's a lot of choosing that we have to do. So we want to study the truth and find out the truth about healing. We found out the truth about healing is that God wants us to not just be healed, but he wants us to be in health. And this is if you have, if you have physical problems now and you're coming to healing and listening to the healing word, the more truth you get, the less sick you will be. Are you following me? It makes a difference. So I'm now understand. Well, I thought this whole time that God just didn't want to because it's been 10 years and I felt like this and I've been like this. And I just don't think. But then as you start to hear the truth that God's on your side, how many know that makes a difference? Because when I was in denominations, I was taught God was thoroughly against me. How many of you ever taught that? He didn't even want you in heaven. You better sneak in the back door when you die, praise God, when he's not looking because one of the angels is going to kick you out of there. That's the way I was taught. You're just a sinner. If you're going to be saved, it's going to be like grace. Sometime at the end. But it's not that way. I found out that me and God are co-laborers together. We're working together. We're doing the same thing to expand the kingdom of God. His will done on earth just like it is in. And how many know there's no sickness in heaven? There's no disease in heaven. There's no curse in heaven. So we're here to implement that, but we want to implement it first in our life. So how do we do that? We find out the truth and we start walking in the truth every day. We start believing the truth. And by doing that, we get set free in every single area of our life. All right, go to Psalm 107. Sometimes when you get a revelation or a truth from the Word of God, you just wonder how you could have been so stupid. Did you ever do that? 
You get a revelation, how could I have been that dumb for the last 15 years and believe that? Psalm 107. All right, are you there? Let's just go back to verse 13. This is really one of the most profound healing scriptures that there are. Then they cried unto the Lord in their troubles, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Now, this is a mouthful here. Let's go back to 13. This is talking about a time when people weren't born again, people didn't know God, people were trying to do things their own way, and it wasn't working out. So what did they do? They cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness. Say darkness. darkness. Now, whenever you see darkness in the Bible, what does it deal with? What does it mean? What's the word for darkness? What is it? Ignorance. He brought you out of the kingdom of and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son in the light. So light means revelation. That's truth you get from the Bible. But darkness basically means ignorance. So these people were ignorant, weren't they? I mean, a lot of people in the Old Testament were really ignorant. So he said he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands of thunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of brass and cut the bars asunder. Here it talks about God sent his word, verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them. Now, first of all, you've got to notice the tenses in the Bible. It didn't say he sent his word to heal. He said he sent his word and healed. There's a difference between going to be healed and being healed. There's a difference between in destruction and saved from destruction. So he says he sent his word and he healed them, past tense, and he delivered them. So here, basically, health and prosperity are kingdom facts, aren't they, if you're born in the kingdom of God? If you're born in the kingdom of God, healing is a divine right. It belongs to you because you're in the kingdom of God. You are a citizen. That's why it belongs to you. It doesn't belong to you because you're good or bad. It doesn't belong to you because you come to TCVC or another church. It belongs to you simply because you became a citizen of a spiritual kingdom, and that was one of the benefits that you got for entering the kingdom of God. Are you following me? Prosperity is a benefit. Heaven is a benefit. Heaven is not the end, like the church says. Heaven is a byproduct of you getting born into the kingdom of God, and heaven comes with it as one of your special privileges that you get. So healing belongs to us. It's ours. So here it says there's no reason to be sick. Why? He sent his word. No reason to be depressed. Why? He sent his word. No reason to live in bondage. Why? He sent his word. Don't be worried or distressed. Why? He sent his word. So this tells you another thing here. If you can get over to the mindset where you are not the sick trying to get healed, but you're the healed and the enemy is attacking you with sickness. Now that's a big mind change right there. Because as soon as that symptom hits your body, you're going to make that decision. 
in the next five seconds. Either you're going to say, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, do something for me. Or you're going to say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. How I many of those two different ways of doing it? See, because it depends where your position now. Now, you've been growing up. You, you were a spiritual baby. You're getting older. You're getting older. But sooner or later, you're going to make that transition to understand that healing, that's who you are. I know who I am. I am healed. I am blessed. I am anointed. And I'm not going to be trying to get these things because they already belong to me. So I am a healed person. I'm not trying to get healed. I am. If it hits your mind and the first thing you think is, I wonder if God's going to heal me, how many know you've taken a step back? Yeah, I wonder if he's going to heal me. Well, right here he said he sent his word and, and delivered me from all my destructions. Now, we don't have a problem, once again, with forgiveness. How I many you know if you sin and you go to God and he's faithful to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and we walk on and don't think anything about it? We never say, well, I wonder if he forgave me. I repented, but I just don't know if God forgave me. Because this was a biggie. This just wasn't your little sin. This was a humongous sin, and I don't know if God's going to be able to do anything with it. You don't hear anybody say that. Why? Because we've been taught you sin, you repent, and you move on. Well, it's the same way here with, with divine health. When you get hit with a symptom, what's your thought life again? Do you believe that you've been healed 2,000 years ago? Do you believe he sent his word and healed you? And it's already provided for you. So once again, in the church, these are things that you don't have. And basically, God will either keep you healed or not healed. And if sickness comes, you're just supposed to get sick. And that's all there is to it. There's no challenge there for you to actually grow up and stand against things that come into your life. But as kingdom citizens, we've got an opportunity, praise God, because we have privileges, once again, in the kingdom of God. We've got privileges in, in the natural world. Even in the government that we have, it's not a kingdom, but in our government, basically, there's privileges that you get. When you get to a certain age, how many know you get Social Security? How many know you're not earning that anymore? It belongs to you. It comes with you being a citizen of the United States. If you don't get a check, would you just say, well, God just didn't want me to have a check this week? No. You'd be calling the government. You'd be calling the, the, the president. You'd be calling everybody and trying to get your check, bless God, because that check belongs to me, and nobody's going to take that check from me because that check belongs to me. I'm a citizen of the United States. Well, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. So nobody's going to come in and steal my healing. Nobody's going to come in and attack my physical body. Nobody's going to come try to put fear in my soul because I'm going to stand against these things. So what should I do if I understand this thing? All right, well, look at verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Now, what's his goodness? Putting sickness on you to teach you something? Maybe healing you, maybe not healing you? Would that be goodness? No, the goodness is he sent his word and healed you, and for his wonderful works. Well, what's his wonderful work? Is it a hurricane? Come on, a tornado? Is it an act of God? No, it's basically he sent his word and healed and delivered you from all your destruction. Look at verse 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of of thanksgiving and declare his works with what? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Okay, now here it goes a little bit deeper, doesn't it? It goes into sacrifice. Say sacrifice. sacrifice. Now, when you think of sacrifice, what do you think of? You think this is going to be a lot of fun? I always like to do sacrifices. My anointing is to be sacrificed all the time. No, sacrifice stinks, doesn't it? <laughs> Nobody wants to sacrifice. Nobody wants to be a little sacrifice anything. But here it says sacrifice the sacrifices of what? Thanksgiving. So what's he saying here? He's saying here that there's going to be times when you will have to praise God even when you don't feel like praising God and make a sacrifice. Sometimes you're going to have to thank him for your healing. When your body's, body say, no, 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 no. But you're going to have to do it. And notice, the only time you thank someone is after they give you a gift, not before. 
So you're not thanking him because he's going to heal you because he hadn't given you the gift yet. Why would you thank him for it? You thank him after the gift. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's the same way here. Why do you go into Thanksgiving? Because he already sent his word in and delivered you from all your destruction. So we praise God. Why do we praise him? Because he healed me. He delivered me. And I tell you when he delivered you, he delivered you from sickness before you were even sick. He saved you before you were saved. He took care of your sin before you ever sinned. All these things were done beforehand. So here it is, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. There's times you may not feel like thanking him. Matter of fact, most of the time you may not feel like thanking him. You may not feel like praising him. You may have a symptom or pain in your body. But I'm going to praise the Lord. Why? For his goodness and for his wonderful works because I believe in the word he sent more than the symptom that the devil sent. And there's the guideline again, isn't it? Here comes a symptom. What do I believe right now? Right now. What do I believe? Do I believe I'm getting sick and I better call somebody and need help? If you're there, that's fine. Call somebody, get hands laid on you, and get healed. It's all right. You're still growing. But don't let your mouth run wild and start complaining, griping, moaning. Stay in praise. Praise God that I'm healed. And pray for Brother, pray for me and lay hands on me, but I'm healed. Praise God. Don't say, oh, I just feel so terrible, and, and let me tell you about my problems. And then go to the next person. Let me tell you about The more you rehearse that, the more fuel you're putting on the fire. And, and I mean, you know, whatever you say goes in your soul. See? I mean, you can't get away from your own mouth. You can get away from other people's, but you've got to take this with you. <laughs> Wherever you go, you can't leave it at home, pick it up later. It's with you all the time. So what comes out of your mouth is going to be very important at that time, too. So because I'm, I'm going to believe in the Word. The Word in here and in here is going to get bigger than symptoms out here. Amen. See? Forgiveness got bigger out here than it did my sin in here. Why is that? Now, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I, don't have to, well, I repent when I sin. The Holy Ghost convicts me. I simply repent, and I, with all my heart, believe that he forgives me. Why? Because the Word of God says he forgives me. So it's what you believe again, isn't it? If I don't believe God forgives me, then you're going to live in guilt, condemnation, even though he forgave you. Put your sins in the midst of the sea where you can't even find them, and you're fishing for them the next 30 years trying to find them someplace. So it's what we believe again, and it has to deal with the truth. Say the truth. All right, now, how many Christians, if they do sin, pray and ask God to come down and send Jesus to die for them on the cross? We don't do it, do we? Nobody does that. So if a symptom, should we ask God to come down and die on the cross for our healing again? No, because he already went to the cross and he already provided it for us. Let me ask you another question. Is salvation in God's time? Is it in God's time? Is salvation in God's time? No. No, it's, it's in our time, ain't it? Salvation's already, you can get saved at 2, you can get saved at 52, you can get saved at 102. Is it if he wants to? No, no why? Because he already provided for it. Even if he didn't want to, it's too late now. <laughs> he already messed up, praise God. And you ever heard anybody say, I don't know why God won't save me? Well, they shouldn't say that because he's already provided it for you. Now, we get into healing and it's in God's time. It's if he wants to or doesn't want to. I don't know why God will heal me. He will heal you. It's already been promised. He provided it for you. It's a done deal on his end. So what am I going to do? I'm going to praise him and thank him for his wonderful works to me in spite of the symptoms, in spite of anything else in my life. I'm going to praise him. So for a long time, I got up in the morning, and the first thing I did was went to here, and I felt good at the time. I mean, this is a lot easier to do when you feel good. It's easier to praise him when you feel good than when you don't feel good and you're trying to praise him. Yeah, two different things. So while I feel good, I'm going to condition myself to praise him and thank him for divine health. Thank him that he did it on the cross. Thank him that he provided it. So when the battle comes, 
I've already been rehearsing. I've already seen myself as a healed person, not a sick person trying to get healed. So if you don't know that you're healed, Basin, and what you'll do is you'll claim sickness disease as being something. My arthritis, my back pain, my heart trouble, my sugar problem, my, 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 my. What are you doing? You're claiming every single thing, aren't you? And I'll tell you what, when a symptom hits you, the devil has a flip chart. I've got a pain in my shoulder. Devil will say, cancer. God, you don't usually get cancer in your shoulder, but maybe it is cancer. I don't know. No. Bursitis. My God, it could be bursitis too. Praise God. It's in there. What's he gonna, he's going to run all these things by you. If you let him bring all them things in there, you'll think your arm's falling off before it's over with. See? And, and now we've got something that, that, that helps the devil. You know what it's called? Internet. Yeah. I got a pain right back here. I'm going to look up pain in the, in the booty. In pain in the booty. And before long, I'm going to have all kinds of diseases in my booty before it's over with. I'm not standing against. Well, I got to know what to stand against. Stand against the devil. It's demonic oppression. Just stand against him. And you don't have to name the thing, for goodness sakes. Just get out of my booty, praise God. Hallelujah. I don't care what you are. Get out of there, praise God. See? But we want to diagnose it, don't we? Well, if I find out what it is, then the devil will obey me. He don't even know what it is, for God's sake, half the time. He's still going through the flip chart on you. So we don't want to fall into that either. We don't want to try to diagnose it. God sent his word, and he healed us, and he delivered us. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 4. And I don't know if it just works out that way or something, but if you've got a pain and you're standing on the word and you're praising and thanking God, I guarantee you somewhere along the line you run into someone else who had that pain and either got worse or died. I don't know why that is. You may not have heard anything before, you know, but it's the truth. I'm telling you what. You run in, you just be sitting there and you're not even in the conversation. Two people are talking and, yeah, they had a pain in their left shoulder and immediately died of a heart attack. And you had one this morning and you were doing pretty good until they said that. <laughs> And now you're saying, dear God, I better get to the ER right now, praise God. Why? Because that was spoken out, and you're starting to receive it because it's the same that you have. And, I mean, that's happened to me several times, man. When I was doing good, and then all at once somebody came along, and there it was, praise God. You just want to hide sometimes, praise God. All right, Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse 12. For the word of God is alive, and it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now here it's talking about, once again, the word or the truth or the word. Here it says the word, when it's sent into you, it is alive and it is powerful, and it will have an effect on your spirit, on your soul, on your bones, on your joints, and on your body. So the Word of God affects every single area of your life. The truth of God affects every single area of your life. God sends something that's alive and powerful, the Word sent, so that you can have proof of your healing and deliverance. It gives you a legal contract of health. And once again, why does the Word come? The Word dispels ignorance and brings to you revelation. 
In other words, it changes the way we think. It gets into our body. We can go into deeper. You know, we did a series a long time ago called The God Band. You're going to find out that as you put the word in, it actually purifies your soul and your blood so that you can walk in divine health and not even pass things on from one generation to the next generation. It's about a three-hour teaching, but it's the truth, praise God. Yeah, just by what, what does that? The word of God does that. And this is my legal contract. So this says, he sent his word and delivered me. So this is a word I'm going to stick with. It says, by his stripes I was healed. It didn't say I'm going to be healed. It says, by his stripes I was healed. Past tense again. So this is what I'm going to stay on. This is the word of God that's going to be there. It's a legal contract. We're in a kingdom. In a kingdom, you are a citizen. You have legalities. It's all legal. So I've got a legal document here. This legal document guarantees me divine health. When I get in trouble, what am I going to do? I'm going to take the evidence of my legal. Now, what if I don't know the evidence? You're not going to do very good, are you? Pain hits your body. Well, I heard him preach one time that I'm healed. Well, maybe I'm healed. I don't know if I'm, and the devil will say, where would you see that? Well, I didn't really see it. I heard it someplace. No, you got to have, I mean, if you're going to go be a witness, you better have some evidence. So this is my evidence here. You can just go and say, hey, by the way, here's what it says right here, devil. By his stripes I've been healed. He bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases. He sent his word and healed me and delivered him from all my destruction. Case closed, praise God. Hallelujah. And the Bible also says you have somebody at the right hand of the Father as your intercessor. You've got a good lawyer, I'll tell you right now. He's the only lawyer that died for people then came back and became their lawyer. Did you notice that? That's pretty neat, ain't it? Hallelujah. Okay, go to Proverbs chapter 4. All right, Proverbs chapter 4, look at verse 20. should have this underlined or highlighted about 14 times by now. Verse 20 says, My son or my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my... Well, that would be his words, wouldn't it? Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now, if you're going to have life to those that find them, first of all, you're going to have to seek them in order to find them. Here it says, find them and health to how much of your flesh? All of your flesh. So this tells you right here, God put this in here because he knew people were going to get attacked with a curse, with sickness and disease. So he said, I'm going to give them a way out of it. He said, if you simply attend to or look at my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Now, here's the problem. You've got to want to do this and do this. Because you can incline your ear to sickness and disease just any time because it's out there everywhere. You talk to a fellow Christian, they're talking sickness and disease. You turn on the TV, they got a new drug, praise God, with 42 side effects. They're hitting you with sickness and they're hitting you with sickness and they're hitting you with sickness and sickness. And do you have this and do you have that? Do you think you have that? Just ask your doctor. And your doctor's probably going to say yes because doctors sometimes make money. And I'm not saying doctors are bad. Doctors, we need doctors. It wouldn't be the whole church would be dead. Right? Yeah, we need doctors, praise God. So he says, let them not depart out of your eyes. That means look at them and keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, this is a promise of God. These things will be life unto those that, and health to how much? 
all of their flesh. Now, in this day and age, I saw a recent report lately where people all over the world who are at least 60 years old are taking anywhere from 5 to 10 pills every day, every day. A doctor has prescribed medicine to help heal their body. Different for every problem. Some for high blood pressure, some for cholesterol, some for this, some for that. Well, here, God, Dr. God gives you a prescription to heal how much of your flesh? All your flesh. So if I got the word of God, I don't care whether it's my booty that's being attacked, my foot that's being attacked, my head that's being attacked, my stomach's being attacked, because it'll heal how much of your flesh? All my flesh. So his one prescription covers all. And let me tell you what, there's no side effect. No side effect. No price either, praise God. So his prescription is what? Attend to my words. Put them first place in your life. Give attention to the word and the truth. Listen to my words. Faith comes by and hearing by the look at the word. In other words, look at the word actually means a word that doesn't mean look at naturally, but look at spiritually. So in other words, I, I've got to spend enough time on healing scriptures to when I close my eyes, I see myself as a healed Tom, not as a sick Tom. And when something like a pandemic hits again and you close your eyes, you're going to know where you stand right then. If you're thinking about hiding in the closet, you're afraid you're going to die and everything else, you better go hide in the closet. If you close your eyes and see yourself walking in divine health, no matter what's coming around, then you won't have any issue. But how many know that takes time at looking at the word and hearing the word? That doesn't come overnight because we see people talking about it and everything all the time. He says, keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, be mindful of the word. And we can do that by doing Psalm 107. Praise and thank him. Thank God that I'm healed. Thank God. The results will be life and health to all your flesh. Is that health to your muscles, to your heart, to your bones, to your joints? All right, now you can go to the doctor, and he can give you a bottle of pills, and he can say you take these pills in the morning and at noon with lunch and at night, and you'll do better. And how many know if you go home and you're too busy to take them three times a day, or you just decide you don't want to take them three times a day, and you just take them once in the morning and they don't work, you can't call him up and say, Mr. Doctor, I decided that I just want to take them one time a day. I just thought that would be better. Plus, I'm so busy, I ain't got time to take it three times a day. I got a lot of stuff to do. You know what he's going to tell you? Take the prescription. Like I gave it to you, you will do fine. So God comes and says, come in my word, attend to my word. Oh, I'm too busy. I ain't got any time to do that. I'm just too darn busy to do anything like that. My gosh, he was, I take vitamins instead. Well, vitamins never promised you healing to all your... Never, that promise is never in there anyway. It may build you up. It may do something for you. But you've got to be careful that you've got to understand it's the word of God that's the healer in the spirit realm. And you happen to be a spirit that lives in a physical body and has a soul. That's who you are. So if I, I want to put spiritual medicine in me at the time. When something hits, you shouldn't run away from the Bible. You should go towards the Bible. In other words, close this and open this. Simple rule. Close one, open the other one. And I'll tell you, God gets a lot of blame, don't he? Well, God just won't heal me. He don't heal me. Last time you read the word, well, back in 1968, I read the word one time on a Thursday morning, and it just I thought that would stick with me till now. No, no, no. This is an everyday feeding in. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every that proceeds out of the mouth of. And God's medicine, guess what? You can't overdose on it. Guess what? There's no side effects. But let me tell you what, it can become addicting. If you spend a lot of time, you must have translated it up here. I just got, see, you shot it up here and gave it to me, praise God. That was great. Yeah. And when a symptom comes, what do we do? We double up on the medicine, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life or the forces of life. Now, verse 24, 
Put away from thee a froward or a deceitful mouth and perverse lips put where? Far away from me. All right, now, he, he added something in here, didn't he? He says, take care of the word of God, but now you've got to watch that mouth of yours because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will do what? Speak. So what I'm paying attention to will be abundant in me when the time comes, and what is in me will come out of my and what comes out of my mouth is very important because God has given us each authority and he's given us authority in the positive realm and also in the you can walk around, oh, I'm just sick, I just don't feel good, I'm just so sick. Well, rebuke the devil. I take authority over you. Well, you spent the whole day building sickness into your life, talking about sickness, telling about sickness, now you're going to rebuke the devil. It doesn't work that way, see? You either know that you're healed, you, you accept the blessing, or you accept the curse. So that's why it's so important to stay in praise and thanksgiving in every single area of your life. Look at verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on. Say right on. Right on. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. In other words, keep your eyes straight. Don't take your eyes off the word of God. Don't take your eyes off the prosperity. Make your soul prosperous by looking at them. Get your eyes on it. Meditate on it. Look at it in your imagination. Make your soul prosper. People have had sickness for years and years and years. They heard the doctors and they rehearsed symptoms over and over, talked about their disease. It's very hard to get someone like that healed because they've built it in there. I mean, they can tell you every pain. They can tell you what year it came. They can tell you when it got worse. They can, they've got the whole thing down. Keep that stuff out of your mouth. What should be in my mouth? Praising and thanking God that he sent his word and he healed me. Now, we go back to what this church is all about. Basically, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the and his righteousness and all these things. Well, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, then I'm going to have to, in order to be righteous, line my mouth up with the kingdom of God to be in right alignment with the kingdom of God. And if I do that, all these things shall be added unto me. So we're down to priorities again. My priority is not to get healed, basically, when I get hit. My priority is to continue to seek the kingdom of God and stay in right alignment with him. And when I do that, all these things will be added unto me. But right here's the telltale of what you're thinking, what's going on. I mean, Smith Wigglesworth in one of his last books said that in, in the years to come, how many know we're in the years to come? Yeah. Don't matter if it's 2,000 years from now, we're still in the years to come. He said in the years to come, the problem with, with healing in the church would be because we're going to start to make God a second chance God. In other words, the reason why you finally went and got hands laid on you and started standing on the Word of God is because you tried the doctor and it didn't work. You tried the natural way, but it didn't work. So I figured, what the heck, I might as well try God. Nothing else is working. But notice, God doesn't want to be second, third hand. He wants to be first hand. And like I say, even if you get hit with something and you need to go to the doctor, go. But keep your mouth in line. You know he's not going to say, let me check. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, you're healed from top of the head to the soles of your feet. I just want to praise God with you. Hold my hand and thank him for your... No, he's going to tell you 90 things that could be wrong with you. Give you several kind of pills to figure out what could be wrong with you. So you can't... How did you do when you went to the doctor? Oh, he said, I'm going to die. It don't look very good, but I'm believing God. I'm believing him. No, 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 no. See, you can't do that. You don't have the vision in there yet. You don't see it in there yet. So we're growing again, aren't we? Praise God. So we want to get to the point where we know, basically, and we go firsthand to God. Your first thing with any, you get in financial trouble, it shouldn't be to a financial visor. It should be to God. And, and the question is, now watch this, where am I screwing up? Not that boss, if he just give me more money, I don't know what's the matter with him. Well, apparently you can't handle the money that he's given you. Because if he'd be faithful with little, he'll give you 
But you're not even faithful with little, so it's not his fault that you're not getting any. See, we always want the problem to be out here. See? My church stinks. Why? It's the members. Our church isn't doing very good. It's that pastor. No, no, no. It's you. It's me. We're the ones with the problem. We're the ones that got to make the choices. We're the ones that got to make the changes. We're the ones that's got to do it. We're the ones that were missing it. And like I say, if these things are promised and it's not working, don't come to a place where you just say, I tried and this ain't working. That's easy to do too. No, these are promises. If the light isn't coming on, check the switch. Check the bulb. It should work. See, same way with these promises. If it's not working, Holy Ghost, where, where isn't it working? I'm missing it someplace. Somewhere along the line, there, there's something wrong. If somebody taught you something different before that messed you up and got you in doubt and unbelief, then forgive him, pray for him, then move on. Well, that stupid pastor from 20 years ago, no, no, he, he taught you what he knew, but apparently he didn't know the truth yet. Are you following me? So don't get mad at him. Just go above him and get the truth. Everybody can study their own Bible. How many of you know that? Praise God, you've got your own choice whether to do that or not. So people have been sick for years. It, it's tough because they've continued to talk it and talk it and talk it. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 18. One of the things that you've got to get right, basically, if you're going to walk in divine health, you've got to keep a check on that mouth. Proverbs 18, look at verse 21. Death and life are in the power of God. Death and life are up to the devil. Death and life are up to the Holy Ghost. No, death and life are in the power of the... And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now this tells you death and life is up to you. You're making the choices in your life. You're choosing death. You're choosing the curse. You're choosing blessing. You're choosing sickness. You're choosing healing. And notice God will allow what you choose because you have a free will. Verse 21 says, you shall eat the fruit thereof. What does that mean? You're producing fruit out of your mouth to eat. The Bible says thanksgiving and praise. There's fruit that comes to you. So as I stand thanksgiving and praise, there's the fruit of healing. There's a fruit of peace. There's a fruit of prosperity in your life. And whatever you're planting, it will grow. I mean, if you plant an orange tree, how many of you know there's a good chance you will not get apples from that thing? You're going to get oranges, aren't you? So whatever you're planting, you can't go back to God and say, hey, God, what's the matter here? The matter is you're planting the wrong kind of tree. I found out in my life early that what I confess, I will sooner or later possess. Whatever you're confessing constantly, you will possess sooner or later. Whatever you confess, you will possess. Here it says you will eat the fruit thereof. If you talk sickness, you'll have plenty of it. Talk lack, you'll never have enough. Talk fear, you'll have very little faith. Why? Because whatever you talk develops in your soul. It develops on the inside of you. It gives you a picture on the inside of you, and that's where you're at. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, let's look at verse 14. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his what? Mouth. And the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. Look at verse 18. There is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is what? Is health. Is health. 
Now notice it's talking about your tongue again. It's talking about your mouth here. It says basically the a man shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. If you're not satisfied, check what you're saying out of your mouth. If things are going wrong in your life and you start complaining about it, how many know you're not satisfied? You're mad about the whole world. You're upset. You're, and then you want to blame everybody else for it. No, here it says you will be satisfied by the words of your mouth should be satisfied with good. Where does good come from? comes from God, don't it? Is joy good? Is peace good? Is healing good? Is praise and worship good? Yes, again. Or a man will be dissatisfied by the fruit of his mouth. And another thing that, that a lot of people do is basically, we don't deny sickness and disease. How I many know it's real? Some people say, well, I'm not sick, and they're sick as a dog. No, you just quote the word. How you doing? By his stripes, I'm healed. You don't say, well, I'm not sick. I, I'm, there ain't no way I'm sick. You don't deny sickness. You proclaim the word. That's what builds you up on the inside. Oh, I never get sick when you're already sick. Well, you can make that now. I mean, you should make that every day, basically. I never get sick. I still remember when the kids were young, and I had that E.W. Kenyon book, and every morning I woke them up. I went in there. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Your days of sickness and disease are over forever. You walk in victory. Dad, cut it out every single day. Praise God. Get away from you. And I had a whole little thing out of his book that I read every single day to them. Why? Not because necessarily they needed to hear it, but because I needed to hear it. So I read it out loud. I didn't care if they got mad or not. I needed to hear it for that day, praise God. But it proclaimed who I was, what my rights were, that I walked into my days of sickness and disease are over forever. No more bad days ever. There's no reason why you should ever have another bad day, really, unless you choose to allow the circumstances to rule over someone who has dominion over the same circumstances that are now ruling you. And why does it frustrate you? Because you know you should be ruling over them because God gave you dominion to do it, but you're not doing it, so they're ruling over you. Do you see? Why is sickness bad? It's bad because it's hurt, but it's bad because something that shouldn't be ruling over you is ruling over you, and you're the one who has dominion. He created us all. We've got dominion over everything here. Dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air. Every time something comes into our life, we should just react the kingdom way. Well, how do we know what the kingdom way is? How do we know? The word, but how do we really know? He sent Jesus. So when a storm comes, how did the kingdom of God on two legs do? He rebuked the storm. What did he do when he came against a contagious disease? Did he run to the other side of the room and, and throw a prayer at him? He put hands on that and he rebuked the thing. That's how kingdom people live because he was an example of the kingdom in sandals walking here. So whatever Jesus did, we do. When they nailed him to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they... We say, Lord, kill them. We don't care if they know what they're doing. See? But we want to be kingdom people, so we're, that's what we're going to do. We're going to rebuke, we're going to bind, we're going to do the things that we're supposed to do. And we learn that once again from the Word of God. But notice what's important, the words of your mouth. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 13. Spiritual fruit comes from your mouth. So does rotten fruit. Hebrews chapter 13. Look at verse 15. It says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God 
continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. So here it's talking about the fruit of our lips again. What's the fruit of our lips? Well, everybody likes natural fruit. Well, this is spiritual fruit. Let him therefore offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Say continually. Now, what does the word continually mean? Every other day when I get in trouble, when something happens. And here's another thing that happens, and I went through this stage for a while too. Whenever sickness and disease hit my body, I praised and thanked him, not because I was healed, but to get healed. Are you following me? If I just praise him a little bit more, praise, praise, a little louder, praise, 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 maybe I'll get healed. I was trying to basically get him do you see the difference? Trying to get him to do something for me that was already done for me again. Now, it's better than complaining because at least it was going into my soul and building up my soul that I was healed and whatever. But there's a way to confession can be not only for sin, confession of sin, and not only confession of his word, but it can also be used as a manipulation to get God to do something by your confession. Are you following me? Your confession. Why do I, do I blab it and grab it? Is that why I confess? No, I blabbed it because I've already grabbed it. People call you a blabbing grabber. I'm not blabbing to grab it. I blabbed it because I already grabbed it. Praise God. It already belongs to me. See? There's a difference between the two, and that shift takes place where? Oh, yeah, in your old head. Praise God. So notice continually it says, not only when the symptom attacks, we want to continue in thanksgiving and praise. The sacrifice of praise, giving thanks to his name. Now, sometimes for me, probably just in my life, nobody else's, but even when I'm not battling sickness and disease, it's still hard to praise and thank God. You ever have that? You're just having a day, and you just don't feel like opening your mouth and praising and thanking God at all for some reason. It's like you got to almost jump start yourself, you know, give it a little push or something. Yeah, so once again, that's a sacrifice, isn't it? But it's just like praying in tongues. Once you get gone, it sort of kicks off the river on the inside of you and starts flowing out of the inside of you. Then it's easy to do it, but you've got to jump start it to get it going to begin with. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 3. All right, Hebrews chapter 3, look at verse 1. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, say, that's me. that's me. Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or confession, who is Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful to his house. Now look at it again. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, calling, consider the apostle and high priest. Say apostle. apostle. Say high priest. high priest. What does apostle mean? Apostle means one who is sent. One who is sent. A high priest is one who ministers into effect. So what does Jesus do? He's the one sent to minister into effect. Now what's he going to minister into effect? Sickness? Depression. No, he's going to minister in effect everything that he paid for on the cross, it's his responsibility by your confession to minister into your life whatever you are confessing. Now look at it real close. Is he the apostle and high priest of healing? Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he the high priest of prosperity? He's not. Look at the verse. He is the apostle and high priest of your not healing. 
If you ain't confessing healing, he can't apostle it into your life. Come on now. Are you following me? He's the high priest of your confession. So the more I confess healing, the more he ministers it into my life. He's not responsible to heal you just to heal you. It's by your believing. So he's the apostle and high priest of your confession. So once again, it's your choice. How do I choose? I choose by the power of the tongue, which is controlled by the abundance in my heart. So you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So I want to put the word in my mouth. I want to put blessing in my mouth. I want to put healing in my mouth. I want to eat the fruit thereof. Are you following? Yeah. All right, go up to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession or our confession. Now, how many know the high priest we have? He's a good one. How many know the apostle we have? He's a darn good one, isn't he? You ain't got to do any better. But here it says you're going to have to hold fast to your confession. Now, why would he warn us to hold fast to our confession? Because it's hard to hold fast to your confession when you're under attack with anything. So he says you need to hold fast with your confession. When symptoms come to get you, you better hold fast. When that bad report comes, you better Hold fast. If not, you'll end up getting worry into your soul and fear into your soul and get into the wrong confession. Do you see? So I want to hold fast, don't I? I want to hold fast to healing. I want to hold fast to deliverance. I want to hold fast. I want to talk healing. I want to talk deliverance. All right, go to the Mark chapter 11. It's a verse we all know very well. All right, this just isn't for healing. This is for your life, basically. Mark chapter 11, look at verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Verse 23. Jesus says, For verily or surely I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he what? Says. Now, this is the faith scripture. It's been read by many times, studied by many times, but I want to show you something here. The word saith is in there three times. Believing is in there one time. We concentrate so much on what we believe, we need to concentrate on what we say, and then we will believe right. Are you following? Look at it. For surely I say unto you that whosoever shall say under this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he now now that's tough ain't it that's a tough indictment that means well we're just living in poverty now and we're all sick and we're just not doing anything and we're all depressed well you will have whatever you so I've got to determine that what you're saying see 
everything that comes in here, when, when it's gone wrong, everybody wants to blame God, but God don't get any blame ever. It's always, I found out in my life, it's always me. I've argued with him. I tried to convince him it was his fault, and it's never won one time in my life. Even when I thought I had good evidence, it didn't work. Because it's not. It's him, the Holy Ghost, trying to grow us up, trying to change us, trying to see things, trying to do things, basically, so that we can do it. So here he says, basically, whatever you say, you will have in your life. So I don't want to talk a whole lot about sickness and disease. I don't want to talk about lack. I don't want to talk about failure. I don't want to talk about the day being dead. I definitely don't want to talk about the news. Can't pick nothing out of that news that's good. There's nothing there. And whatever you're looking at is not what's going on right now anyway. Something else is going on, and that's the smoke stream to keep you from seeing what's really going on. It's called deception. And who's the deceiver? The devil's the deceiver. So he's going to deceive you. He's going to try to tell you that God put sickness on you, that this happened and that happened, and God doesn't want to heal you, and you missed church on Wednesday night and Sunday, so you deserve to be sick right now. Let that be a lesson to you, to teach you something. I mean, he comes up with all this stuff. He's up there trying to talk to you, trying to, you got to understand, you got to figure out his voice sooner or later and keep it out of your mind, praise God, if you're going to walk in divine health. You've got to keep fear and you've got to keep worry out of your life in order to walk in divine health, praise God. God. All right. Do we have time for one more? All right. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We found out that the, the number one thing that they wanted in John, that the lady wanted, was for them to walk in what? Truth. Truth. Wanted them to walk in truth. It made her very happy when they walked in what? Truth. truth. So in order to walk in the truth, we need to know the truth. truth. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is what? The power of God. Now, how many of you were taught that? I was never taught that. I was taught the preaching of the cross was to save the, the foolish perishing ones from going to hell. Is that what you were taught? But that's not what it says. It says, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us, say us, which are saved. Is that you? So the preaching of the cross is to me, it's the power of God. So why is the preaching of the cross to me the power of God? Because it's telling me everything that was provided for me at the cross that belongs to me. It's removing darkness and ignorance from me, bringing me into the truth of all these privileges I possess from coming into the kingdom of God so that I can live in them and I can receive them. And notice it's not the cross that's the power of God or that saves you. It's the preaching of the cross. Why is that? Because when you preach the Word of God, faith comes by hearing. and by hearing the Word of God. So in this church, once again, it's pretty simple. We preach you victorious. We preach you holy. We preach you blameless. We preach you healed. We don't preach you worthless. We don't preach you dying and God's going to save you sometime. We don't preach you no good and God don't care. We don't preach that because we preach what the cross has provided for you that belongs to you. Why? So you start to believe what's provided for you and start to walk in what's provided for you. Because it doesn't only please her when you walk in the truth, it pleases me when you walk in the truth. And it pleases our members when everybody's walking in the truth. 
See, so it's the preaching of the cross. But that's because they thought that that was the end. As soon as you got saved, that was the end. Now you just go to heaven and there's nothing else there. But no, the preaching of the cross takes you beyond the cross. It takes you into the kingdom lifestyle, walking in the kingdom power and the things of God. And that's where God's taking people now, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Father, I just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the healing. Praise God. I thank you that every member of Treasure Coast Victory Center is healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I just release your spirit now on the inside of each and every one of them. Stir them up on the inside. I thank you for people who listen to this word who are not even of this body, Lord. I thank you that it's touching their lives and healing them and setting them free. Their eyes are being opened and darkness is being removed. And we thank you for divine health. We praise you and worship you and thank you for all that you've done in our life through the cross. And we give you the praise for everything that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. To hear more dynamic words, go to mytcbc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added on.